Welcome to This Is Life. Hello, everybody. It is now February. We got through January. Can you believe it? I know it's, uh, we're going to, by the end of, it's going to be December before we know it. We're going to wrap it all up and uh, start a whole new year, but we're not ready for that yet. I think a lot of us are kind of looking forward to hopefully with the next few months have in store. Maybe we can start get back to quote normal eventually. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we're going to just uh, coast with it. Do our best to take care of ourselves and other people and uh, make sure that God, God is glorified in every single thing that we do and say, amen. All right, guys. Well, welcome to This Is Life. This is, of course, your host, Sean Johnson. Uh, it's a pleasure to being with you guys again. I'm so just grateful for this opportunity, uh, just uh, allowing these you know podcasts to be put out there to the world, you know, and um, you know, even if no one listens to it, you know, at least I know that I'm able to have an outlet for some of my thoughts that go into my head. Uh, but I'm at the same time very grateful for you who are listening. And for who are interacting with the show in any way possible, uh, whether it be, you know, going on iTunes and leaving reviews and, and, and or uh, even you can even go to my website. This is lifepod.com and you can listen to the podcast there and I'll even leave comments maybe about, you know, for, for past broadcasts, if you want to do that, any kind of interaction is great. You know, uh, that, that way I can have a little bit more than just knowing, you know, going to a website and seeing a ballpark of people who maybe or may not be listening, uh, you know, having interaction with you guys is what I enjoy the most. And that's happened a few times. And so every single time that happens, I get an email at this is life pod at gmail.com. It really means a lot. So again, thank you guys for just listening today. And I pray that you're doing well, I'm praying that um, wherever you are, that God has blessed you and that you are recognizing those blessings. And even if you are maybe going through some tough times right now, that God is just remember that God is on your side, that you have him being there right beside you and he's taking care of you. And regardless of what the circumstances look like, as dark as they may or may not be, uh, you are still his and there's absolutely nothing in the world, not nothing at all that can separate you from him and separate him from you. So just have that faith. Uh, today I want to talk about perspective. I think that's one of the things that in society in general um, and even in church uh, we are really failing on, and that is proper perspective. Um, and in reality, and, and in a lot of ways, perspective is is reality. And perspective doesn't always have to be true or factual or authentic. But unfortunately, perspective always seems to win out uh, when it comes to how people are motivated to take action or to say words or to um, in their interactions with other people, uh, their belief system. I mean, perspective has a lot to do with uh, just how we live our lives and what directions that we take. And so it's absolutely critical that if we want to live a life of honor and a life that is worthy of, of, of being representatives of Christ, that we have his perspective, that we are living with his, um, you know, um, eyes and his mind, you know, not our own. Um, and that's something that I think that we just don't talk about much anymore. We, we hear about the mind of Christ, but it's like, what does that exactly mean? And, and I, I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what that means to have to have the mind of Christ, to be able to look at life and um, 
the experiences we have in this life through God's perspective, which is the only true perspective. Cause that's, you know, we can have, um, you know, our own ideas and our own imaginations on all sorts of things. And those things lead us. I mean, how many people fall for lies every single day? And you know, they, I mean, I've heard of like uh, you know, parents killing their children to save them from Satan. You know, they think the Satan's out to get their children, so they end up murdering them. I mean, the, the, no matter what, you know. Yes, that sounds crazy, but I mean, it happens more times than it obviously should. I mean, that's an abhorrent thing. But you know, because their mind is so consumed with fear. Uh, and their perspective is so against reality, but yet they're willing to take extreme measures to satisfy their own their own belief, and that is just is just tragic. And I know that's an extreme example, but I mean, every single day, we make decisions based on perspective rather than truth, and I think that that's a really harmful thing, and we need to really be more mindful of what is truth and what is reality and what is honor and what is actually happening. And that's what we base our decisions, life and advances on. Uh, but speaking of perspective, I, I don't even know where I got this quote. I remember I'm I, back in May of 2020, actually, I wrote this in my notes and I have no idea. I don't know if I saw it online, if I saw it on Twitter, if I saw it on Facebook, if I saw it on Instagram, I don't know. Maybe somebody sent it to me. I don't know. But I just was kind of going through my notes today in preparation for what I was going to talk about in um, today in podcast. Kind of what I just a little bit of what I inside into my life, basically, throughout my you know whether I'm you know living, driving, uh, talking to to friends or family. Uh, every now and again, you know, just say an idea for a podcast will come up in my, you know, my brain, you know, and I hurry up and even if I'm driving, I have Rachel put it in for me in my notes, or I, I just basically go to my notes in my, in my phone and I, you know, write it down. That way I don't forget it later on. And I would always forget if I didn't write it down. And this happened to be just one of those circumstances. I just said, man, that must be really good opportunity. That'd be really good uh, story to read on a future podcast. And here we are almost a year later and uh, I'm going to read it to you um it's just an interesting uh, um analysis of of perspectives from different generations um so here we go it says imagine you were born in 1900 on your 14th birthday world war one starts and it ends on your 18th birthday 22 million people perish in that war later in that year a spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday 50 million people die from it in those two years. Yes, 50 million. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. The world GDP, or gross domestic product, drops 27%. That runs until you are 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet, and don't try to catch your breath. On your 40, 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War III. Or sorry, World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in the war. At 50, the Korean War starts, 5 million people perish. At 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years. 4 million people perish in that conflict. On your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis. A tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet as we know it should have ended. 
Great leaders prevented that from happening. When he turned 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone on the planet born in 1900. How do you survive all that? When you were a kid in 1985 and didn't think your 85-year-old grandparent understood how hard school was and how mean that kid in your class was, yet they survived through everything that we just listed. Perspective is an amazing art. Refined as time goes on and enlightening like you wouldn't believe. Let's try and keep things in perspective. Pretty good, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, I first read that and I remember thinking, okay, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> this is obviously, I mean, it's not taken away from the current situation, the pandemic, and thank God that hopefully, you know, we can keep the deaths to minimums and we're not looking at another multi-millions of deaths. You know, I'd like to think that uh, we're a much better society and, and science and God has really given us grace with being able to just have enough people that could put their heads together and to stop, you know, this being from just an all out uh, d just devastation to our planet as much as possible. Now, I mean, obviously it's devastating in many ways, not just with loss of life, but just with the, the world economy. And uh, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why that the great depression did happen was because they were just still suffering from, I mean, think about it. If, if tens of millions of people died across the globe, I mean, that's going to rock anything. Uh, especially, you know, the economy, and uh, they just couldn't recover and end up crashing, you know, almost 10 years later. These are real events. These are real-life ex examples of things that happen to real people. And, um, again, not to take away anything from what's going on today, but I think it helps us put in perspective just a large um, understanding that, guys, things could be a lot worse. And that we should be grateful that they that they aren't and while we are here you know suffering through one of the most historic events of any of our lifetimes understand and realize that we are adaptable that god has given us grace and creativity and means to overcome i mean the bible tells us very plainly that we're more than conquerors in him so we can't let whatever happens in this world or happens to us or around us uh help to, to, to we can't allow it to put to put us down to put us in a place of a desperation because god is still god regardless of what's going on in the news so you know here's the thing is that i believe that in order for us to be successful in this life and to be able to look forward to, of course, eternity with God in heaven and to bring as many people with us as possible to heaven, we have to be the lights on this world. We, we can't be the dark places. We can't be the ones that are casting shadows and negativity and, you know, being miserable. I mean, God has given us so much in this life to be thankful for and to be grateful for and to be just, 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 just to count our blessings every single day and to be mindful of those things. And and so in order to be mindful of those things, we have to look at our life through God's point of view, through his light, through his understanding, and know that, you know what, he is the one who is taking care of us. He's the one who is guiding us. And we're not, because we no longer live according to the flesh, because we no longer live according to our own desires, that we're not looking at our lives through him, all of a sudden now we're able to think of and look at life 
as it truly really is, as God designed it, even in the Garden of Eden. That's what happened, was that they were in harmony with God, and they looked at their lives through his eyes rather than their own, and it wasn't until the sin came along that they were ashamed, that they were you know, afraid, and there were all these emotions and experiences that they were all of a sudden having, having that, that Adam and Eve had no idea what they were, because they were protected by God before they fell. And that's the whole point of Jesus coming to this world is to restore his relationship with mankind and to be a bridge to God again. And that's why we're able to now, they, we talk about having Christ live in us. It's not like God, like there's a little house that Jesus comes and lives in, obviously, but it's because we, we are no longer our our minds, our hearts, our desires are no longer our own. We now look at all of those things through what's Christ. and how we, we try to become Christ followers rather than just being a Christian saying, hey, yeah, I believe in Jesus or I you know, um, go to church or, or I read the Bible or I praise and worship. No, we actually are living our lives according to what Christ desires and what he did in his own life. Uh, would you go with me to, uh, let's go to First Peter. Again, I'm going to put these in the notes so you wouldn't have to necessarily go there uh, if you wanted to just open up your podcast app, and hopefully this should be in the description. Um, I want to talk about uh, just how that we can remain sober. And, and I'm not talking about sober like, I mean, yes in, a, yes, in a way, you know, sober means, you know, to to not be drunk, right, or intoxicated, but it's such it's so much bigger than that. I mean, it, it, the Bible talks all over there's all over scriptures. Just do a just do a search in your any kind of Bible app for the word sober, or it, it, and you'll just find it littered all throughout the Bible. And it's most of the time talking about having self control, right? And I think that we can easily, if we allow ourselves to just let the waves of this world come crashing up and against us, I mean, we could really easily get out of control because we let fear get in, right? We let this overwhelming sense of, of dread can come into our lives. And I feel I've been there. I know. I mean, I, I, I you've heard me talk about on the show before. I have, I have a tendency uh, to have like, well, like, you know, what I call medical anxiety. And I've definitely gotten better as I've learned to, to understand it, to cope with it, to, you know, to, to realize what's real, what's not. Um, but any, any kind of ailment or any kind of like small pain or small, you know, if I feel like, you know, something just got out of place, my mind immediately goes to the worst possible so, you know, worst possible scenario, right? About if I have a headache, you know, for example. Oh, no. Rather than taking a couple of, you know, Tylenol, I, I'm Googling to see what brain cancer symptoms are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I think we should be mindful of our health and definitely if things are out of order to you know, get this checked out. But at the same time, we should not be consistently living in fear of the worst possible scenario. And that's kind of what I'm saying is that, that we have to look at things as how they are, not as how we think they are, or our perspective of what they should be. We have to be very, especially as Christians, if we're supposed to be the preservative and the salt of the earth, and that which is keeping the world at bay from going crazy, which I believe that's our role, then we have to be the most level-minded, most uh, you know f factually accurate, and do not let our emotions get in the way. We let truth, you know, be the one that prevails. And unfortunately, 
Uh, we're some of the most superstitious people there are. I'll call, call us out. Christians are we're absolutely superstitious. We're absolutely afraid of of, of everything, and and we have no reason to be f- afraid of anything. If God is God, and we say that He is all things and all powerful and all knowing and all loving, and He is the one who lives inside of us, and nothing can separate us from God, then why are we living in so much fear of the world? It, it doesn't make any sense at all. The only thing we should be fearing is our is our fear for God and our just our our uh, respect for Him and just for our you know, um, keeping us in check, you know, in our spirits to make sure that we're living according to his righteousness, because we want to not only please him, but we want also to be great examples of Christ to whomever is in need. All right. So I was bringing up scriptures here. Let's go to first Peter chapter five, uh, verse six, first Peter chapter five, Verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Okay? I think that humility is a lost art. We don't we, we don't talk about humility anymore. And I'm not talking about humility like some sort of like, woe is me, or feel sorry for me, or take pity on me, or I'm just so low, you know. And now humility means that I step aside and let God and others shine before me. And that's what humility is, is that you are more concerned about the well-being of God and the glory, sorry, the well-being of others and the glory of God than you are concerned about you receiving any sort of credit. And that's what humility is. That's why he's saying for us to humble ourselves. I mean, imagine if more people lived like that. Imagine if more people lived with, an, with a, a heart of humility and a heart of putting themselves away so that others can be lifted up and that God can be glorified. I mean, how great would this world be if we just were more mindful and caring of other people and of other circumstances and other, other people's, you know, lives than more than so than our own. I mean, there are countless types of people who are oppressed in this world and who need, you know, some sort of, uh, help and in, in, in many different ways. And, and are we as Christians, are we leading the charge of, you know, making sure that people who are oppressed and the downtrodden are found a way to be lifted up and to escape? Are, are we, are we coming to the aid of those who are in need? Are we coming to, you know, to be their advocates, to be their, uh, you know, I don't want to say saviors because only God's the savior, but I mean just being that 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 that's that just a help and and when somebody's going through trouble, um, we're that's our call. That's who we are. Because remember, we're not living for ourselves in this world anymore. We're living for you know our for for God and for His glory, and that comes by lifting other people up. So let's go back to the scripture. That's First Peter five six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7, cast all your anxiety, all your cares, all your fears, all your panic. Listen, I get it. There's a lot of reasons to be anxious right now. There's a lot of reasons to be afraid right now. I mean, especially when when I had the COVID, you know, I was it was really interesting because, uh, you know, I watch the news on a regular basis. I'm kind of a news junkie. I have definitely tried to in the last year just, you know, minimize it, or else you can get real depressed if you let it. Uh, but I heard about all the things about COVID and everything like that. And so I would just was, you know, a lot of ways is afraid of getting it. And then when I did have it, it was all of a sudden as I'm watching the news, it would just get really scary. And like, 
like, oh, no, you know, and I would hear about people my age who had it and then end up dying and um, my demographic and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what about what's going to happen? I mean, I would just really, if I let myself, just my my mind just go bonkers. And I remember even the the, 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 the um, health department when they called to confirm to Becky, remember my friend Becky I was telling you about, uh, she even said, no, 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 don't, don't watch the news. Just take care of yourself, rest, you know, make sure that you, um, you know, are t- you know taking your, your your vitamins and you're eating well and you're keeping active as best you can, but also take some time to rest. Just basically take care of yourself. Don't go to work. Just you know take care of yourself. You are sick. Anyway, so I had to just really keep my brain at bay, and 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 that's what the Bible talks about. Like you have power over it. Don't don't let anybody come in and tell you that you don't have power over your fears. You absolutely do. And again, fears are not necessarily a bad thing, but if you let fears overrule you and control you and direct your path, then absolutely they're a bad thing. It says, cast all your anxiety on him. God can take it. God is like, does God take all of my anxiety, take all of my fears? I give all of them to you. And it says, because he cares for you. And then verse eight, be self-controlled. The King James says, be sober and vigilant. The NIV says, be self-controlled and alert. Okay. That's number one. Cast off because you can't, you cannot, you cannot be uh, full of anxiety and be self-controlled and alert at the same time. They just aren't because anxiety replaces sober-mindedness. Your anxiety becomes in your panic and your fears. That's what becomes your motivation, not reality and not self-control and not vigilance and alertness and functionality. You know, all of a sudden now your your decisions that you're doing in your in your life becomes a matter of of I'm going to do and act upon the um, upon upon my fears rather than what's real and what's you know a a you know a, a what a self-controlled person would do. It says your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. You know, if you ever seen any kind of nature documentaries, right? <laughs> okay, you will. You know, on National Geographic or Discovery Channel, generally it's the weak. It's the, generally those who aren't paying attention. You know, it's that the lions like to go and attack. Uh, they, you know, the, that that poor little ibex or deer or water buffalo or whatever who's not paying attention who is just you know or is 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 living in fear and and can't see you know out you know a clearly they're the ones who end up getting attacked by the lion and we cannot there's so much going on in this world and god needs us to be aware of and alert of and at our very best for him that we can't allow the devil to come in and distract us and to take us away from the goals that he, that God's given us. And the only way we can do that is by not even giving the devil an opportunity to catch us off guard. So we don't, we aren't afraid of the world. We're not afraid of Satan. We're not afraid of the circumstances in our life. No, we stand strong. We stay vigilant and we say, you know what? Regardless of what happens in this life, I'm going to choose to know that God is right there behind me and sticking with me, and I'm not going to be afraid. I mean, people get, especially in this last election cycle, people were letting their fears be the thing that votes on either side of the aisle. I know a lot of people went into those voting booths petrified of what the outcome was going to be. You know, people were literally that, there are people who were literally that scared. I even heard one lady who on the, on the news the other day, and she was saying that how she, she was so worried and so worried of sickness 
that President Biden was going to get elected, that we we're going to become a socialist country overnight, and she was going to have to go into hiding with her children. And she literally had to talk to her mom, and her mom had to calm her down and be like, no, 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 I think God, this just happens to be just the way that God wants it for now. So, you know, you have to just put your trust and faith in God and not immediately think that the worst is going to happen. And, I mean, on the flip side of that, people were thinking that if Trump gets in for another four years, that the world's just going to go to, you know, hell in a handbasket. I mean, that, that we're all going to, you know, that people are going to be overwhelmed and oppressed. And I mean, I, I mean, again, it's just the God's in control or he's not. And I believe, I believe that he is. And that he, that we are the ones who are the ones who are the barometers of this world going to hell or not, not God. And so, especially as believers, we're supposed to be the ones keeping it uh, steady. <laughs> All right. We're supposed to be the ones who are being the mediators of peace and, and giving peace and receiving peace and leaving peace wherever we go. Verse 9, we're talking about the devil. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We're all in the same boat. We're now, we all may have different variations of that boat. Some of our boats are are, are, are canoes and some of our boats are yacht, but we're all on the same, you know, we're on the same uh, ocean, I guess, as it were. And we all have different experiences in this life. And what determines on whether or not you're going to sink or not depends on your alertness and your ability to look at life as, as it really is rather than as you are afraid it is or your perspective of how it's going to be. Uh, turn upside down if you make a mistake, I mean, or if you, you know, turn away. But the bottom line is this, is that God has already given us a measure of grace and understanding and of peace. And they're called the fruits of the Spirit. As long as you're living in the fruits of the Spirit, uh, you are going to therefore be able to uh, coast through this life. And again, not coasting is that nothing bad's going to happen to you, but you're able to when are you are going through life's most difficult challenges, have a perspective on life that is real rather than the one that is made up or one that is full of fears and anxiety. Like that is what's going to sustain you and I through all circumstances in this world, in this life. And, and also just understanding that we're not the only one going through it, that there's people all around the world are going through all kinds of sufferings. And that really, that alone should humble us, all right? Just like, you know, I was reading at the beginning of this podcast about the person who was born in 1900 and all of those major uh, things happened in their lifetime where millions upon millions of people suffered and died. And this person who, you know, went all the way, all the way through their life for 85 years plus and experienced all those things. I mean, how much perspective on life did they have? And this all, that's all we're being given right now is we're giving, giving, we're getting perspective on life. And at the end of all of this, are we going to come out better for it? Are we going to come out worse for it? And I don't know about you, but I choose to come out better for it. Verse 10, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, that after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and will make you strong, firm and steadfast. Sorry, firm and steadfast. And that's who I that's how I believe. Once we all come out of this pandemic, the God of all grace who called us all into eternal glory in Christ, that even after we've suffered for a little while, he's going to restore us. Amen. He's going to restore us. He's going to make us strong. He's going to make us firm. And he's going to make us steadfast. And because of that, verse 11, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So guys, hang in there. Stay strong. Get through this. Stay safe. 
do whatever you got to do to be a light in a, in, a, in a dark tunnel because a lot of people need that right now. A lot of people need that light. They need that love. They need that strength. They need that joy. And think about how much power that God has given you to be that beacon for somebody else. And if we all just take our, you know, take our licks, right? T take our responsibility and be that light for other people who don't have it otherwise, what a difference we can make to help people get through the circumstances and situations they're going through. And we all can come out of this better for it. Amen. We will get through this. Just stay sober, stay vigilant, stay alert. And God promises he will restore us. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.